You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 228, How Can I Know God's Will? You know, this is a question that I actually get a lot from, from different people. They'll come and at different points, maybe during church or some other time, say, Pastor David, can you pray for me? I've got a big decision to make, and I just want to know God's will. Um, I'm thinking about leaving my job and starting a business. What is God's will? I'm thinking about... Um, getting married. Is this the right person for me? I'm getting ready to go to college. I don't know what to major in. What's God's will for my life? And you know, it's great that we want to know God's will for our lives because we all want to be in God's will. That's that's really where we find um, uh, success, we find fulfillment, and, and ultimately we please God when we're in the center of His will. And you know, this is not a new thing. When you read through the Psalms, David prayed, God, show me your path, teach me your ways, lead me in your perfect will. Over and over again, you see that in the Psalms. But when you get to the New Testament, Paul tells us, he says, understand what the will of the Lord is. Listen to, listen to this verse. This is from Ephesians 5. He says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Well, that's nice, Paul. I appreciate that that I should understand, and God wants me to understand, but how? How do I find what God's will is? In another verse in, in, in Romans 8, Paul says that those who are led by the Spirit of God, those are the children of God. Well, that's a fantastic verse, too. It lets us know that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and direct us. But still, sometimes, really understanding and discerning what God's will is for our lives can be be difficult. Um, And, you know, I think part of that is, is as we get closer to God, as we develop our relationship with Him, we actually begin to find God's will becomes easier to find. But for wherever we're at in our Christian lives, I want to give us a few thoughts. I want to give us maybe four things that can help us as we go through our lives with big decisions and with small decisions. When we come to that fork in the road and we don't know if we should go left or right, or as Yogi Berra said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Um, I think we need to, 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 to prayerfully consider what God's will is. So I'm going to throw a few thoughts out there that will maybe help us as we try and narrow in on what um, God's will is for our lives. First of all, number one, this is no surprise, but for, for too many of us, it's one that we neglect. Number one, make God's word a daily part of your life. This is the greatest thing on the planet. It's the greatest thing God's given us to help us discern what His will is for our lives. Make God's word a daily part of your life. Jesus told His followers, John 15, 7, 
If you haven't memorized this verse, this is one you should memorize. Jesus said, If you abide in me or remain in me, and my words remain or abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. That is amazing. I mean, was Jesus being serious there? If I remain in him and his word remains in me, I can ask anything I want. And the reason for that is God's word is powerful. It changes the way we think. It shows us how God thinks. It it, it gives us God's thoughts. It helps us to see what God's will is for our lives. You know, God's word is, is so powerful. He still speaks to people through his word. How often have you, maybe in a moment of distress or you needed comfort or, you know, something was going on and you just needed some encouragement and you opened your Bible up and started reading through it and you just felt such a, a peace and encouragement as you hid God's word in your hearts. That's why I say let's do it every day. Let's make it a habit. Um, God told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you'll meditate on it. and you'll, It'll give you success in everything that you do. Um, God's word is powerful. And you know, Jesus was telling us here that when we immerse ourselves in his word and it becomes a part of our lives, we'll be able to, to pray intelligently. We'll, we'll have a much better idea of what God's will is um, because God's word is going to renew our mind. Now, now, really, I get it. Just reading the Bible is not going to tell you what job to take. Just reading the Bible is not going to tell you what you should major on in college. Just reading the Bible is not going to tell you if you should marry this person or not. But it does begin to renew our minds and to let us see things the way God sees them. It gives us a bigger perspective. You know, another amazing thing about the Scripture, and this is such a powerful thing, um, God's Word contains prayers that you can use in your prayer time. I mean, some of those psalms where David is crying out for guidance, where he's crying out, lead me in the right path, God. Um, show me your truth. Show me your way. Show me which way I should go. Um, there's something powerful and refreshing about praying the prayers that are in the Scriptures because these are inspired prayers. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm not really sure what to pray for or even how to pray. So praying God's Word um, really kind of puts us in tune with God. So spend time in God's Word. Let it renew our minds. Can you, re can you read the Bible and not be changed? Of course. Of course. If you read the Bible just like you read any other book, if you read the Bible not expecting anything, you're not going to get anything. But if we come to God humbly and say, God, teach me as I read. God, reveal your truth to me. God, renew my mind as I read and hide your word in my heart. What you're going to find is your life is going to be radically transformed by the power of God's word. Number two, if you really want to know what God's will is, if you really want to discern what his plan for your life is, you've got to make time to pray and then to listen. I mean, we, we, all, we all know if you're a believer that we should spend time in prayer. But I think too often we think of prayer as just kind of a one-sided conversation, which isn't even really a conversation. We've got to learn to pray and to listen. It's in the quietness that God speaks. I mean, look, let's face it. We live in a very, very loud culture. There's always something playing in the background. TV, music, something is always going on in the background. Um, 
you know, we, we, it's too easy to just stick the earbuds in our ears and, and zone out and listen to music or whatever it is that we're listening to. But we'll never learn to hear God's voice unless we learn how to embrace silence. And silence can be uncomfortable, but it's in the silence that we begin to hear God's voice. It's in the silence that we begin to hear God speak. It's in the silence that our thoughts kind of come in line with God's thoughts and we begin to hear Him speak. God's voice is is so often, at least in my life, I miss it in the noisy clutter of my everyday life because it's just so easy to get busy with life and have other things and not take time to listen. Those who learn to quiet their hearts, those who learn how to listen, are the ones who begin to hear a voice from eternity, a voice from another realm. So if we want to know God's will, it involves us doing something. Um, You know, because I think we want God's will sometimes like we um, use the microwave. We stand in front of the microwave, you know, tapping our toe, you know, wishing that thing would heat up a little bit quicker. But, you know, God's guidance is not microwaved. God wants to speak to us in the context of a relationship. Uh, God really, 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 really wants to have a relationship with us. And I think sometimes, I think most of the time, God wants us to seek Him. It's not that He doesn't want to show His will to us. He does. But He wants us to seek Him and talk to Him and connect with Him as we we pursue that that relationship. So let's make time to, to pray and to listen. And then number three, counsel. Counsel is so important, talking to people. Um, And I'm not just talking about, you know, your friends at the gym. I'm talking about your leaders, pastors and leaders, those who are a little further down the road than we are. Are we willing to listen to them? Proverbs 20.18 says, Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without the advice of others. Now, you might not be planning to go to war, but you, you are planning out your future. And if you're asking for guidance about a big decision, um, it's really, really good to get that counsel and then be willing to listen. You know, it's, it's so important that we get counsel from the right people. I think too often people get counsel, but, but they get it from the wrong people. Um, you know, if you're having trouble in your marriage... You probably don't want to go to your buddy who's you know already been divorced three times and asked for marriage advice. Um, if you're having financial issues, you probably don't want to go to that that buddy at, at, that you work with that's you know in credit card debt over their head. Um, really, we want to go to people that are just a little further down the block. Not perfect people. Nobody's perfect, but but our leaders, those God's placed in our lives, pastors, connect group leaders, maybe even your boss at work. Um, if you feel like you can trust them, to, to get counsel, to get advice. You know, there's really something powerful um, about talking to those who, who, who have a more objective point of view when we're asking um, about a decision. This is one of those things that people miss out on if they're not a part of a good local church. Now, it's not to say that if you're not in church, you can't get advice and counsel from others. Of course you can't. But the beauty of God's house, the beauty of God's God's uh, family, the church, the body of Christ, is that um, really there's leaders there that have our best interest at heart and they want to see us succeed. Hebrews 13 says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. 
Their work is to watch over your souls, and they know they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this joyfully and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Now, look, I get it. The idea of obedience and submission to, to leaders is not something we want to hear about in our society. But if we want to set ourselves up for success, we'll do ourselves well by listening to those God's placed in our lives. Are they going to get it right every time? Probably not. But I'd much rather go in with a humble and teachable heart and listen to what they have to say. Um, it's so important that we get good counsel when we have to when we're trying to discern God's will. Uh, we want to know God's will. Well, sometimes talking to God's people is a good way to get it. All right, well, don't go away. I've still got one more really, really important um, idea on discerning God's will. In fact, this, this last one might be the most important of all. It's definitely um, a very powerful one. But before we do, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. It's available as an ebook and in paperback. Back and if you haven't read this um, really powerful little book, I encourage you to check it out. Reflections on the Resurrection um, really turns our our attention back to what was the most important message of the early church. You know, look, I love modern preaching. I listen to it. I listen to it on podcast. I just got through listening to a podcast of a phenomenal sermon. But I think somewhere along the line, we've also missed something because the resurrection is not nearly as central to our preaching and teaching today as it was in the first century. And it's not that God's not speaking today. Absolutely, He is. But I also think that the, the powerful message of the resurrection is really what sets Christianity apart from every other religion in the world. Let's face it, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, Christianity would cease to exist. So Reflections on the Resurrection digs in to the idea of of. of Jesus rising from the dead, it tackles it from a number of different ways. We look at arguments against the resurrection. We look at the evidence for the resurrection. We talk about what it means for us. Um, It's really a powerful book. It's uh, been described as apologetic, which excuse me, which means it it defends the resurrection. Um, It's devotional in the sense that it uh, really points us back to Jesus and uh, lets us see what he's done for us. And it's educational. This is, these are some thoughts and some ideas that most Christians don't even really think about why their faith is true, why the resurrection is so important. And it's going to give you some tools and maybe some material to share with um, those folks in your life who, who, who might not be a believer and maybe you've had some serious and um, real questions about the uh, historicity of the the, the, the resurrection and, and the gospel itself. So check out Reflections on the Resurrection. I know you'll love it. Well, all right, let's jump right back in. Let's do a quick recap. We're talking about um, discerning God's will, discovering God's will. First of all, make the Bible, make God's word a daily part of your life. Number two, make time to pray and to listen. Learn to embrace the quiet. Number three, get good counsel. And then number four, God's will 
and God's direction are often found when we start moving. God's will often becomes clear when I take a step. Now, this is where the rubber meets meets the road. A friend of mine often says, when we move, God moves. In other words, God's waiting for us to take a move. Now, look, I get it. There's a time to pray, and there's a time to wait. There's a time to, to, as we've talked about, read God's Word and pray and ask for guidance. But you know, at some point, you've got to step out in faith and take action. When we start stepping out in faith, we begin to find that God is already there and guiding us. As we move, often God speaks through the still small voice of His Holy Spirit, through others, through His Word. As we move, doors begin to open. Doors that were closed when we didn't have real direction, but we begin to take a step in a certain direction, and now God can move us. It's often been said that you know, the, the, the biggest ships on the planet, the, the aircraft carrier, those huge, huge nuclear aircraft carriers that makes the, the United States Navy the strongest navy on the planet, um, you know, those ships are awesome, but you can't steer them unless it's moving. It's got to be moving, and then just the slightest turn of the rudder will alter the course of that huge, huge aircraft carrier. And it is the same for us. Um, we've got to start moving, and then God will often direct, maybe even direct our course a little bit or even a lot, but it often comes when we start moving. Um, you know, we want to hear God's voice. We want to know God's will. And, you know, He wants to speak to us. But it doesn't really require any faith to just sit and pray. To just sit and pray is important. We've talked about it. But that doesn't require nearly as much faith as it does in stepping out. At some point, you've got to move. And that's where faith really comes in. When you come to that fork in the road, which one am I going to take? God. Show me which direction to go. You make the best decision and you say, God, help me as I take this step and as I make this decision and as I take this left fork or right fork and see what God does. It's amazing how God comes through and makes His will clear as we start moving. Um, As we pray for guidance, as we ask God for guidance, we'll often find that as we take a step, that's when things really, really become clear. Well, now I'd love to hear from you. What do you think are some of the ways that God reveals His will to us? What are some ways that God speaks to us and makes His purpose for our lives clear? I'd love to know what you think. What did I miss, if anything? And how does God speak to you? Go to davidspell.com, leave me a comment or a question in the comment section for today's post, and let me know what you think. And while you're there, while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I'd love to stay in touch with you. Well, friends, make sure you check out Reflections on the Resurrection. Make sure you check out davidspell.com, and uh, let's stay in touch. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to discern and understand what the will of the Lord is.